This is Derrick Henry, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. Thank you for listening to us on any of our radio and all of our radio affiliates across this beautiful country. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for doing that as well. Our guest this week is Indianapolis Colts defensive lineman Brian Cox Jr. If you recognize the name, yes, he is the son of the former Pro Bowl ferocious linebacker Brian Cox who played in the late 90s early 2000s Brian Cox Jr. is with his I believe it's his fourth team now since his career started as an undrafted free agent so he's had a difficult road difficult journey in the NFL and it got even tougher last year when he tore his Achilles but what I thought was really cool about him is that he said even in that moment when he tore his Achilles, which, as any athlete knows, it's a it's a major injury. It's a season-ending injury. At whatever point in the season you go down with a torn Achilles, it's going to take you several months to come back. And then some of the bigger guys, it's hard when you come back from that. I, I always point to Philly's slugger, former Philly slugger, Ryan Howard, who was on a path for the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest hitters of the mid to early 2000s, 05, 06, he was the NL MVP, and then he had a stretch there between 06 and 11 where he was just incredible. But then he tore his Achilles and took him about a year and a half really to kind of get back in the groove. But his career just kind of went downhill after that. So you know it's a tough, difficult injury. But what Brian says is that in that moment, as he tore his Achilles laying on the field, He prayed, he said to God, you didn't bring me this far to get here and stay there. And and now he's rehabbed. He was with the Bills last year. He's now with a new team with the Colts. And and I thought it's just an important reminder for all of us that at difficult moments, at periods of our life, we're going to have difficult moments. We're going to go through tough times. It could be uh, an injury for an athlete. It could be an illness. It could be a, a job loss. It could be anything. But when you have that strong faith, when you maintain that strong faith in the Lord, you can understand that and realize that, hey, God didn't get you to this point and abandon you. It's not just going to leave you there. You're not going to be crumbled up on the floor and and don't have that relationship with the Lord anymore. He's going to say, all right, this is it. I'm done with you. Uh, I got you this far. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. That's not how the Lord works. Obviously, we always use Romans 8.28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called to serve his purpose. But there are so many, there's so many different Bible verses, and you can point to so many different um, areas where God talks about weathering the storm and and being there for you in that storm. We always say, hey, storms are going to happen, and he's going to be with you through it. And I think it's important to, to remember that God allows this storm. Right? He allows that storm. In Matthew 14, where Jesus talks to the disciples and they're in the boat and the storm happens, and, and he says, do not be afraid because I, I am with you. And in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The storms are going to happen. It's how we react to them and how our faith is so important to help us pull through. See, when things don't, like when things go very, very well, right, and things are, are 
she's going great. But then something happens, right? And you're like, wait a minute. And we've said this sentence so many times, like, God, why did you get us this far to like just mm. drop us? We've said that so many <laughs> times. But then history would tell you, and then uh, you would look back and say, you know what? He got me through it. He got me through it. And then if he got me through this, this, and that, he'll get me through this one. Yeah. And the funny thing is, opposition happened, and when th- when that happens, you should actually get happy. You should get excited because when that happens, that means the devil is trying to shake your confidence in your faith. Because that's the only that's the only thing he got. He cannot touch your destiny. He cannot touch where you're going. He cannot touch what God has for you. But he can touch your confidence. He can touch your um, your faith. He can just say, you know what? God dropped you right there. He <laughs> dropped you right there. Why did you get that injury right now? Why yeah. did this happen? Why did that happen? To, to, to just take a shot at your confidence in yeah. Christ. To take a shot at your faith in Christ. And when he does that and when you fall for that trap, Boom, he got you. But did he get your destiny? No, he didn't. You still got your destiny. You still got the goal. You still have the ticket to your destiny. It's in your hand. It's up to you to take the very next step to do something about it. But if you fall into that trap of like, why did this happen to me? Why is this happening? Why is this my experience? Let me tell you something. You are one step closer to your destiny. And when you do that, you take a left turn. And when you take a left turn, you're on a completely different track. And when you take that that wrong track, it's downhill from there. Let me tell you, we have done this so many times. <laughs> we have done this so many times. We're speaking. You're and speaking from experience. From We're experience. speaking from experience. We've never yeah. taken the left turn. We've always said, you know what? It's been difficult. Don't worry about it. Just stay on your track. Const- there's constant challenges. Const- constant. Con- so many obstacles. But then I get excited. I get excited because I'm on the right track. At, at first, though, like. At first, the initial reaction when there was an obstacle yes, is like, oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you're always, oh, man, disappointing, oh, disappointing yeah. discouraging. Right. But that's that's what you're yeah. exactly what you're saying. You're feeding now into the enemy. Yeah. Right. If he got you eating from his palm. Now. If, if we're a saved believer, <laughs> yeah. our destiny is mm-hmm. e- eternal salvation with the Lord, eternal heaven. Okay. So got the he can't change that. Nope. But he can take you off the track and mm-hmm. detour and shake your confidence and make your path to getting there yeah. just so painful because now you're going off the track. Just remember this. When we feel weak, yeah. that's when God is strongest. He's God is, God is all-powerful, right? But when we're at our weakest, that is when he is so strong. Like, let's go back to the story of Jesus and the disciples in the boat, right? And Peter replies, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And we know what happens. He gets distracted, and he's afraid, and he's going to drown. But this is where God is at his strongest when we are at our weakest. See, and it's also, I love how Brian talks about in that moment, when he's down on the on the turf, he's on the field, and and he's he knows it's a, a major injury, it's a serious injury, but he understands that God didn't bring him that far to leave him there. And now that he's rehabbed, he's praising and glorifying the Lord. That now, look, I he got me back here to this point. I think it's always easiest mm-hmm. 
for us to praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, when things are going well in our life. Oh, look at what I did. Look at what I got. And then and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all of these awesome things. But as you're kind of saying here is sometimes those obstacles, those little storms, those little troubles, you're thankful for that because now you know you're on the right path. I'm on the right path. Yeah, I'm on the right track. If everything is just, you know, rainbows and butterflies <laughs> or whatever. Peaches you, and cream. Peaches and cream or whatever they say. That's fine. That's fantastic. It doesn't, I'm not saying you need to struggle every day. That is not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is if you are a Christ follower and you're walking with him every day and you don't see any opposition whatsoever, I'm not sure for following the same Christ. Because I feel like there is always opposition. There is always something that the enemy's throwing at you to just throw you off track. Mm-hmm. That's his tactic. That's what he does. You, Your job is to always wear the armor of salvation and be ready to fight. Be ready to say, nope, that is not my path. That is not for me. I am walking with Christ. So even if something comes at me, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to tackle it. And what's the very next step to do? To do this, what's the very next thing that God wants me to do? Get up and do something about it? Okay, I'll do that. I'll do just that. And he will take the very next step with you. We have to remember, I think, tough times produce a lot of uncertainty, right? When you're going through tough moments, whatever it may be in life. Produce tough people. There's there's a lot of, right? There's a lot of uncertainty. But the one constant, right? There's a lot of instability in this world. There's so much dissension and division in this world. But the one thing, the one constant that we have is God is not changing. God is who he said he was 2,000 years ago, 2,000 minutes ago, and 2,000 years from now. God is not changing. And if we stand firmly on who he is in those tough times, in those difficult moments, we can weather that storm because he hasn't brought us that far to abandon us. He's not going to just leave us go on our own. He's there with us, and he's going to help us through. He's going to guide us through. Up next, you're going to hear from Brian Cox, Jr. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome back to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonthefieldshow.com, find every episode, 
Since we launched in 2017, we've had an incredible lineup of guests, and you can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Faith on the Field, and please tell a friend or as many as you'd like about the show. I do want to take a second to thank our wonderful sponsors. Please check them out on our website, International Justice Mission, IJM.org, and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonthefieldshow.com. We have various packages that we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. And if you don't have a business to advertise on, but you just want to help the ministry grow, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Indianapolis Colts defensive lineman Brian Cox Jr. Brian is the son of former Pro Bowl linebacker Brian Cox. He's a man of God, a guy who loves to mentor the next generation, and he knows God has a special plan for him. Here's Brian Cox Jr. Brian, your NFL career is taking you to a lot of different places, man. You've been in different on different teams. You're in Indianapolis right now. What has that journey been like for you, and, and what are you hoping – getting to Indy, what you can do, what you can accomplish with the Colts? I mean, my journey has been amazing, honestly. Uh, when change the thing is uh, I came in undrafted, obviously. That's not where you want to go when you're coming out. But uh, I feel like that kind of has molded and shaped my career due to the fact that, you know, I always have that backed into a corner dog mentality. So I think it's um been, you know, it's been ups and downs for sure. Got injured last year. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to this year coming up and being with the Colts and, you know, got some new energy going. And I've been out of football for a year, so I'm just excited to get back in it. I talk to a lot of guys who maybe move around a little bit, and, and they tell me that they learn something everywhere they go. Like, it, it's never a waste. It's never regretful that there's there's a reason and a time and a place for every part of their NFL journey, NFL career. So you're in Carolina, you're in Cleveland. You're in Buffalo, where they were a pretty good winning team the past couple of years. What, what are some of the, the lessons, or, or what do you take from all of those 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 trips, those journeys? Uh, I probably say the main thing I take from that is take you can't take any day for granted because um, when you're in it, I feel like a lot of the, you know a lot of us you know being the players can get kind of complacent, I guess, and you know you kind of just. You, it's kind of routine, you know, you go on day by day and you don't realize how, you know, fortunate and blessed you really are to be in that position because there's a lot of guys that do the same things, but they're at home, you know. So I think the main thing is just, you know, just take every day in stride and be grateful, and you know, and um, maximize each day. I had a chance last week to sit down with Leslie Fraser, the Bills defensive coordinator, uh, very popular with his players. What was it like to play for somebody like that who – is a, a, a strong leader, man who's been around for a long time, won the Super Bowl as a player, won the Super Bowl as, as an assistant coach. It was awesome, man. I mean, Coach Frazier is a really respectable guy. Uh, when he comes in the room, he, you know, starts talking to everybody, you know, sits up in the chair and listens. So he's been around, you know, a long time, both as a player and a coach. So it was, you know, really cool experience. Now you get to the Colts. Ha- have you gotten a good feel for what you can do there, what your role can be like? Uh, so I actually got invited to the mandatory mini camp, and that's where I made the team. So I was only up there for about three days, and it was, you know it was cool. I just that was my first time really doing you know all of the real real football stuff that I haven't done in a year, you know since wow. I tore my Achilles. So I just wanted to get up there, you know, move around a little bit, show them I could still move, and prove to myself that I could still do this. 
So it was cool. How is that injury coming then, coming along? I mean, obviously they saw enough out of you to give you a contract. You feel fully ready to go, let loose? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go, man. I can't wait. I've been waiting for this for a whole year, so I'm excited and I'm ready to go. How hard is that, man, when that injury happened? What you know? What goes through your mind, and, and you know that you got a long rehab process coming up, and all that stuff. I mean, there's a million things that go through your mind when something like that happens. I mean, that's one of the injuries that they used to call the death sentence. You know, maybe yeah. three, four, five years ago. But now, you know, with the medicine and the new technology they got, you can come back from it pretty quickly. But I think um, it just, you know, it took a, it took me a year. It sat me down for you, so I haven't been out of the ball maybe since I was about. 12, 13, I've been playing every single year. So I feel like it just gave me a year to kind of reset myself as a man, you know what I'm saying, and kind of figure out, you know, a little bit about myself other than ball, you know, ball removed. So it was, you know, I'm not going to say it was a good thing that I got injured, but I feel like there's always a silver lining. And I honestly feel like it was God just sitting me down, trying to slow me down a little bit. And, and I, you know, I took heed to it and did what I needed to do to get back. So now I feel great. What did you learn about yourself? I mean, you, you said it, right? So... Yeah. there's a lot of things you can learn uh, in that, in that time. Was there like one thing that stands out? Like, you know, this is God teaching me this and, and uh, maybe in the next chapter of my life, you know, as I continue here, as I grow in the league, that this is something I want to focus on. Uh, I honestly feel like I have like a gift with, um, you know, kids, like, you know what I'm saying? So I um try to like, you know, bring up the young generation, especially young men, you know, being in the position that they're in or whatever. I, I myself didn't have any brothers growing up. So I was the only only guy with a house full of, you know, had a bunch of sisters and all of that. So I feel like it's important, you know, to for like young men to see somebody that looks like them and kind of like gravitate towards them that's doing something positive and steer them in a different direction because there's a lot of different directions you can go. And um I feel like it's just all it takes sometimes is just that that guidance, that that helping hand of somebody that you respect to just kind of guide you in a different way. So yeah. Most of those kids you mentor, uh, are they like in, in that high school age range, that 13 to 16 type range? And mm-hmm. and what are you able to really convey to them? Like, what's your number one message when you talk there? Because I'm sure guys look at you, right? And they, they're like, they see a, a NFL football player and, and everybody who likes football wants to be that guy, wants to get to, to grow up and, and get in the NFL. But that's not going to happen for everybody, right? So right. What, what what is kind of like your, your number one thing, your message for them? I uh, just find what you like, find this thing, you know, find what you like really passionate about and then kind of go from there. And then from there, you can kind of fine tune different things about like, you know, say you like to be artsy and paint, you know, or you like outdoors, like you kind of can find a niche where you can get a job in that field, but just you find what you like first There's a job for everything. So I always try to encourage them to find what they like, find what they're passionate about. And then, you know, just keep getting good grades and all of that stuff. Cause I was told that when I was a kid and I didn't really listen, but <laughs> I started to listen and everything, you know, worked itself out. Cause you got to have good grades if you want to play, you know, collegiate ball and all that. So everything ties in. No, no doubt. How do you get those opportunities to get in front of that audience, to get in front of those kids? How do you seek those opportunities? Um, uh, is it camps? What kind of, is it different various events? How do you it's, do it? It's various events. I do camps. Um, I got a few, few kids that I, you know, are closer with that I give them my personal number. They can hit me up, kind of like a big brother type of deal. And then, you know, just whenever I, whenever I can, I do food drives. I do, you know, different things to get families in need help, um, kids' toys, toy drives, stuff like that. So, yeah. Now, growing up with a dad in the NFL, how much did that influence you? What was, you know, your childhood like? 
because you have an opportunity to see that? Um, it was pretty normal childhood, honestly. Uh, played with toys, did all the you know, same thing other kids do, but it just was like I always knew my dad did something, you know, as a kid. But once I got older, he wasn't playing anymore. Um, I realized what he used to do or whatever, you know, play ball. And he kind of just used to have me sit with him while he's watching film, breaking down film. And I used to just kind of pick up on different things. And he teaches me things here and there. Um, always after my games in high school, you come in, oh, you could have did this, you, you know, help me out and give me some pointers. So, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Just like a regular dad. We, I mean, I feel like when it's your dad, it's kind of like it's just a regular situation. But he definitely gave me some some football knowledge. Do you feel extra pressure because he was such a good player? Like, is, is there pressure involved in that? Or is it maybe complete opposite of that? Uh, I feel like it's a mix. There used to be a lot of pressure. I feel like maybe high school, going into college, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like after, I would, I, I honestly expected more pressure. But it's just, I, I'm my own man. And I just do my own thing. And I'm I'm happy for what I, what I do. We play two different positions. So it's kind of like, if we played the same position, it'd probably be a little bit different. But I don't know. It's just, I just do my own thing. Well, speaking of playing two different positions, are, are there guys in, in, in the league, maybe past that you looked at, who, who played a defensive line like you do, or, or maybe now that you, you try and learn from, try to, to maybe emulate a little bit of their style, their moves, their success? There's countless guys. I mean, I, I can see here all day name, older <laughs> guys, newer guys. I just I watch a lot of different tapes. One thing my pops used to do, he dropped me off CDs, like burn CDs, guys like Derek Brooks, just a bunch of different, you know, LT, a bunch of different old school guys that got sacks. And just yeah, I watched those tapes in college. I watched those tapes in high school and it kind of just gave me like an idea of what you need to do to win. Now that you're in Indy on a team that kind of they missed the playoffs, it was very disappointing for them at the end of last season. They they got a new change in quarterback. Matt Ryan's there. I kind of know Frank Reich as the head coach who's been there for a while. He's had a different quarterback each year. Their defense sometimes, uh, it, it's been solid. It's been strong. It's carried them. What can you bring to this team? What are you hoping that you can add to that defense on a team that's got playoff aspirations? Uh, man, I just I like to bring effort, man. I, I come ready to run to the ball, bring a, a different type of energy. I like to, you know, bring my teammates up. So I come with a different energy and I, I just bring experience, man. Being a six year going in my sixth year, I just I've seen some ball. Um, I just I feel like I bring that 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 uh, tenacity to the group. It's cool that someone like yourself who's had an opportunity to play on different teams in different cities really values the idea of mentoring the younger generation. Do you see some of the guys who maybe are more established, more the veterans, and maybe talk to them about how they do it, if, if they use their platform to do kind of what you're hoping to do and what you're trying to do with the mentoring? Uh, definitely. Some some older guys that helped me, you know, when I came into the league, guys like Mario Addison took me under his wing when I was an undrafted rookie coming into Carolina because he was an undrafted rookie as well uh, years prior. But um, it's just all about paying it forward, you know, guys that teach you the ropes and bring you under their wing. You got to do that to the next generation. And then it's just it's a cycle of helping your brother. So I just think it's important to just keep that cycle going. Brian, well, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, I wish you a, a ton of luck and a ton of blessings on the NFL side of your career. And before we wrap up, uh, I know you're a God first guy. Tell me a little bit, man, what your faith means to you, because it's my foundation. Everything. If if I could sum it up in one word, everything, because I, I would not be here without him. So 
I'm, I'm even when I when I first tore my Achilles on the field, I just knew it. I, I said to myself, I said, God, I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me here. So the whole entire time I had 100 percent confidence that I was going to be back. And I know the reason why I'm back now. Amen. Well, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for that, for sharing. And can't wait to see you out there on the field in Indy. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week. Thank you to Brian Cox Jr. And thank you for listening to Faith on the Field show presented by International Justice Mission. Thank you also to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our Faith on the Field show team. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors exclusive properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. We have operations all over the world rescuing people from slavery because today there are criminals who abuse children, sell girls. How old is she? 12, and force families into slavery. Criminals prey on the easiest target, the world's poor, because they expect no one to defend them. But today, there are thousands of people gathering to seek justice for those in slavery. We are a group of lawyers, counselors, activists, and supporters. We are called International Justice Mission. And together, we form the largest international anti-slavery organization in the world. But slavery won't come to an end until criminals know they can't get away with it. So we partner with local police to arrest and prosecute criminals. This sends a message to slave owners. We will not go away. We stay with the survivors until they are healed, until they are free. Each year, we rescue thousands of slaves and protect millions around the world. We are transforming how justice systems protect their citizens. To those who are still enslaved. We promise to find you. We will get you home to your families so you can have the freedom you deserve.